0: Welcome to the Goat District. Uh, we got a special one. It's it's one o'clock in the afternoon on the East Coast. It is ten in the morning in in beautiful Bend, Oregon, where uh, where Billy lives. So we're we're happy to have you back in the district, Billy. How you doing today?
1: Doing great. Just had a cup of coffee. Uh, got the kids fed, uh, and
0: uh, I I'm ready to talk some football. Caffeinated and ready to go. Excited for this one. So this has been an awesome week for the Goat District. Uh, The other night we had Billy Wazowski and Chris Eibel, two NFFC Hall of Famers on for a high stakes roundtable where we specifically looked at NFFC ADP. Uh, We predicted the ADP and then we gave our, our, our own rankings. Uh, Dan Williamson and I also took part in it. Um, It was really, really a great process. I don't think it's ever too early to start ranking for next year. Uh, Billy, are you, have you been starting on your, on your ranks or does this, is it something that, you know, you just got together for the, uh, for the, the pod today?
1: No, just for the, the pod today, I just looked at early round one and some of the players we're going to be discussing. Uh, I, I, there's still a lot of football left in the season, although we're, we're nearing the tail end of the fantasy season. Uh, a lot can happen between now and the Super Bowl, uh, as we know, that can drastically affect ADP. Uh, someone who's maybe hot during the season who cools off during the playoffs and leaves a bad taste in people's mouths, uh, and then that ADP will adjust. And then as news kind of comes out in the season and the draft happens, uh, there's just so many variables, in my opinion, that affects projections and first and foremost, uh, which in turn affects average draft position. And I think that uh, we have yet to get there to be able to kind of have a firm belief of the top 12. I think we can estimate uh, a good portion of it, but I still think that there's a lot of surprises left that may affect it.
0: Um, No, I agree with you. And I do think that there's something to be said with, should we be reacting to this part of the season, the very tail end and the playoffs? I think sometimes those can weigh too heavily um, in terms of where guys go ADP wise, I think Gabe Davis um, is an interesting uh, test piece because I think that that huge game um, was part of it. With was part of the steam that we saw this past off season. Um, I know he had the the massive opportunity in front of him. Um, you know, we we anticipated a higher target share and all that sort of thing. But I do think it was him him what he did in the playoffs. Um, would you agree that you know maybe a guy like DK Metcalf to end his rookie year? kind of show what he could do or Gabe Davis uh you know at, in the playoffs last year kind of swayed ADP
1: yeah and and then in contrary you look at you like Diggs had a down year last year by his standards uh and there was you know a time and when we did the Hardway draft where I got him in the you know late second round um so thanks Eddie <laughs> it's a cameo uh so i got him in 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 the late second round in the beginning and that was like march or february whenever we did that draft so uh it just shows you like the impact in people's uh minds uh and in recent biases that they have in players and, and how they perform down the stretch
0: no for sure um now billy why don't you tell everybody where they can find you uh these days um i know you're dropping your your ranks what day of the week are you dropping your ranks
1: so, I'll run my first run today, uh, Thursdays. I uh, just posted kind of the preliminary uh, to the site over at Full Time Fantasy. Um, I. It's it's a challenging week because you have most of the games on Saturday. You have a few games on Sunday. Uh, rankings usually lock on Sunday morning. That gives you all that extra time for news. Um, it's usually 10 a.m. Pacific time, so 1 a.m. Eastern is when normally the rankings lock uh, for the for the contest, the fantasy pros. But um, this week they're locking Saturday because the majority of the games are on Saturday. Um, I'll get the Thursday night football posted tonight. I only do Thursday night football and then kind of adjust some players around there as well. Um, just just that might affect the overall rankings of, of the players I'm ranking for Thursday night football. And then I take a, another deep dive on typically Saturday night, but this week it'll be Friday night and post- yeah, Saturday tomorrow.
0: night might be a little bit, uh, like might be a little bit busy in the, uh, the Muzio household as well. I'd imagine with the holiday.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. We got Christmas wow. around the corner and, and Santa's got to build a, uh,
0: a couple go-karts. So that's, uh, it's always a tough putt when you got, when there's, uh, when Santa needs to put stuff together, um, <laughs> Been there, done that. That's a tough one. Um, Speaking of Thursday nights, I'm on Long Island now. The weather is fine, Um, but it's going to start getting bad pretty soon. It's going to be a lot of rain. The temperature is going to drop. We're pretty much going to get soaked uh, for tonight's game uh, into tomorrow. How are you handling the Thursday night start sits? I know Trevor Lawrence is coming off a top five quarterback performance. Garrett Wilson has been a mainstay in people's uh, offenses. You know, you obviously have Christian Kirk and, and Zay Jones uh, on the Jacksonville side. Uh, one's potentially going to see some some sauce Gardner tonight. So there's a lot of variables here uh, in terms of start sits. Is this a game to avoid? How are you handling this Thursday night game with the weather?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm avoiding a lot of it, to be honest with you. One, it's just a tough matchup. I mean, the the Jets and, – and this is regardless of weather, but we'll talk about weather here in a second. But uh, the Jets in general are just tough. I mean, they're one of the better defenses in the NFL this year. Sauce Gardner has been a true shutdown corner. Uh, and so you have um, – you know, that aspect of the game that's going to be affecting Trevor Lawrence. And I, I know it's hard to say, hey, I'd be looking elsewhere. Uh, when you look at the the last few weeks that Trevor Lawrence has had, I mean, he was quarterback five last week uh, versus Dallas. He was quarterback one versus versus Tennessee. Uh, you know, Detroit, he, he had a down week in comparison to what he should have played as quarterback 16. And then uh, the week prior to that, week 12 against Baltimore, again, top five, top five outings. So he's had... Three top five outings in his last four weeks, but uh, I think that fantasy managers are going to be disappointed in 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 his his fantasy production uh, come tonight if they're if they're expecting him to put up a a uh, a good game because this weather is going to affect the game. Uh, we're going to have you know significant wind. Uh, we're going to have heavy rain. They're they're expecting an inch during the game alone. Um, so I mean that that that's, you're going to have you know, a wet field, you're going to have wind gusting. And it's not like it's a headwind or a tailwind. It's actually supposed to be a crosswind. And for those who are unfamiliar with, with winds, um, crosswind is actually coming across the field instead of like if you're throwing directly into the wind, it's just slowing down the ball. Or if you're throwing from the wind behind you with a tailwind, it's actually accelerating the ball. But in this scenario, it's actually coming across the field and it's going to affect the uh, trajectory of the ball uh, with gusts up to 37 uh Miles an hour up, in, up to quarter four. So uh, the wind is supposed to stay all game. The rain is supposed to stay all game. And then on top of it, you have uh, an outstanding Jets defense. I think that Trevor Lawrence owners might be disappointed tonight.
0: Yeah, and I do think that the it's easier said than done in terms of of being able to bench you know these wide receivers like Garrett Wilson and Christian Kirk that are kind of mainstays. Um, are you just significantly downgrading them, or would you be looking to pivot off?
1: I'm I'm actually pivoting off, and in some 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 big money leagues, uh, Dave and I uh, Hubbard in, in the High Society League over at FFPC. It's a ten thousand dollar league. We're in the final four in both of them, and one of them we have uh, Trevor Lawrence, and we're actually benching Lawrence tonight for Nick Foles. So there is, um, um, you know, it's it's it. Some may consider it a gamble thank you kiddos can you close the door please yeah. <laughs> some may consider it a gamble uh or or maybe you think that you know we're we're overthinking it um but um i i look back and, and say one that the the weather
0: billy's having technical difficulties for a moment i'll be right back
1: yeah okay now that that's settled um <laughs> we have she wanted to bring me a coffee thank you honey. that was nice <laughs> um so as i was saying is that you know Foles has has definitely uh, had the the games in order to um to be stream worthy um two he gets to play in a dome this week which domes in my in this week are going to be a hot commodity because of the weather across the u.s um and overall i think that just This game tonight with Trevor Lawrence, I think that his, uh, the the defense and the weather combined, I just think that you're going to have better options elsewhere. I would not be surprised if Trevor Lawrence finished as like quarterback 18 through 22, quite
0: frankly. Yeah. That's, um, you know, in there's a couple of my teams where I'm looking to pivot. We are, Dan, Dan, Andrew, and I, uh, we have a 3K varsity going tonight. Um, big week for us, we're third. So the pace structure is like if you get to second, you have made a, a decent amount. You get to first, you made a very good amount. Third, you're still doing okay, but you know you need points. We're we're gonna go with Garrett Wilson, I think. Um, Ooh. <laughs> we might we might we might pivot off. You're, you've got me a little more apprehensive here, Billy. Would you go Garrett Garrett Wilson or, or Brandon Ayuk? Oh man,
1: Ayuk hasn't had the chemistry with Purdy that I've yeah. really wanted to see. Um, they've talked about connecting more uh i'd probably still go garrett wilson in that aspect yeah, um but it but um i'm not comfortable with it but wilson is 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 just having an outstanding rookie year almost at a thousand yards already and and has come on hot as of late And i think they they've realized they need to get him the ball so jacksonville is exploitable in the secondary so i'd still lean that route because iuk has definitely cooled off with purdy
0: yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where we're at. And then Greg the leg, I had a couple teams, and uh, you know, he's getting he's getting the bench. It's it's difficult to use kickers. I think that it's it's a, a lot of times it's difficult to pivot off of some of these guys like Garrett Wilson. If you have a, a good option, you know, go for it. But um, kickers, you can always pivot off. And I think that like Billy said, looking for a you know Dicker the kicker or Chase McLaughlin, you don't have to worry about the the weather. Um, I know Jason Sanders, I pivoted to him in multiple leagues because he's going to be playing in Miami this week. Um, so having a kicker in bad weather, um, not only can the game flow be, be bad, but also you have, you know, weird wind could affect all sorts of kicks. It can also affect uh team's willingness to go for field goals, which it can, it can be, you know, just crushing when, when you, when you need those extra kicker points, especially in these money weeks. Um, yeah, and cold
1: weather, like, affects the football. I mean, it'll it actually decrease the air pressure in the ball, which will result in in reduced kicking distance. So, uh, Greg the Leg is not known for his accuracy, but more for his his distance. And if you are losing distance because of cold weather, uh, it definitely affects his kicking.
0: They definitely don't call him Greg the Accurate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, in terms of this week, this is a week where um, – I talked about it the other day on, on the OG Livewire about how – I think sometimes people need to take a step back and be willing to bench guys that are perceived studs. You don't want to go down swinging with a big name uh, that's in a bad spot. You know, you brought up Trevor Lawrence this week. He's obviously been playing fantastic. You don't like the circumstances. You guys are pivoting, playing for big money there. Um, You brought up Nick Foles. Is that one of your sneaky starts this week?
1: Uh, Nick Foles is a sneaky start. Um yeah, I I like Nick Foles this week. I also like Gardner Minshew, but um let's start with Minshew because of the Hurts news just because everyone is is scrambling and if you're in a home league, congratulations, you can pivot, but if you're like us in high stakes, you're you're either running with Naked Hurts or you probably had another quarterback in the name of like Mike White or even uh, uh Kyler Murray or something. I've seen people who have three quarterbacks on their roster and have nobody to start this week because of all the quarterback fiasco's that we've had, but I'll give um,
0: a I'll give a quick hat tip to one of my drafting partners, Nelson Sousa, who you also know, uh, on the New York Super Team, the very last waiver wire run, we pivoted to Gardner Minshew as our QB2. So we're all, you know, basically texting each other how great the the Jalen Hurts game is going. And then the following morning, it's like, I'm, I'm glad we have Minshew. I'm not glad I need to start Minshew over over Hurts, but I'm kind of with you. I'm, a, I'm pretty excited about him this week.
1: Yeah, I... I, I like Minshew, and I was hoping to get him in the one K dynasty league that we're in together. Um, everyone you blocked, got blocked Billy. You everyone got blocked, blocked Billy. me on quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Frank added five quarterbacks. I'm glad Adam didn't didn't notice waivers were going on apparently, and yeah. uh, and and he he could have added two or three, and and really left me struggling. Um, you know. the, That being said, I I, I think I'm rolling out with Andy Dalton this week in that league. But uh, back to Gardner Minshew. Uh, He's he's been sneaky good, in my opinion. Uh, And and quite frankly, I think he probably should be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, He's just, you know, he's been on on a team that just hasn't needed one. Uh, but 2019, 12 games that he started, he threw for 3,271 yards. He had 21 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. It was a 60.6% completion percentage. Then moving on to 2020, 8 games, he threw for 2,500 yards, 16 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 66.1% completion percentage. And then two games last year, uh, he had 439 yards and 1 touchdown. That's a 41 to 12 INT ratio, which is a um, 47 per six. touchdown rate, which in comparison to 2020, that's top 16. In comparison to 2021, that's top 13 in touchdown rate. Um, So we know that he's going to be a decent streaming option. Uh, Now, all this was done without the weapons that they currently have. You look at the team now. Of course, they have A.J. Brown, who's just, uh, you know, exploded life into this offense. They have Devonta Smith, who has come on very hot as of late, as A.J. Brown takes on more coverage. And then they have, of course, Goddard, who – who he has actually played with, and and Goddard has had one of his career games in in with with Minshew in at helm. So um, gotta love the weapons that he has. I mean, not to mention the running back duo that he has, and in, in particular with Miles Sanders. Uh, but gotta love the weapons he has. Uh, the matchup is 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 a little tough. It's of course a interdivision game as well. Um, but I think overall he has the weapons to succeed, uh, and he has the ability to succeed. And I love Gardner Minshew as a streaming option this week.
0: Yeah. Dallas has been a little bit beat up defensively. I think you brought up Trevor Lawrence with, with the the top five performance um, you know, that's the Dallas defense uh, still can, can wreak havoc, but this is, you know, one of the best offensive line situations Mitch has ever had. And like you said, it's the best weapons he's ever had. I mean, you think about um, you know, his time, his time in Jacksonville. I mean, he certainly didn't have an, an AJ Brown. So um, I'm. I would. I would put him. Not sure where you're going to have him in your ranks, but I would say he's going to be a high-end QB two for me. Um, you know, I'd have him somewhere around about round QB fifteen. Um, you know, QB fourteen somewhere around there. Round there sounds pretty good. Um, you know, obviously it's a downgrade from Hertz, but you're not dead in the water with Minshew teams.
1: Yeah, as of right now, ECR um, at Fantasy Pros is is seventeen uh but i i think you're right i think he'll probably in in my rankings he'll probably be in that 14 15 range um i'm gonna have him ahead of trevor lawrence this week Uh, i haven't moved trevor lawrence fully down yet i had him down three spots uh in the early rankings and he'll probably end up being around 15 or 16 so i'll probably have Minshew and lawrence probably back to back in rankings
0: yeah so my sneaky start for this week is tyler algier um he's coming off of a massive game this past week at 139 yards rushing on 17 carries He broke off the long one. He had a touchdown. Um, I I like his matchup. It's going to be bad weather in Baltimore. I think they're going to need to lean on the running game, and Algier has the juice. I don't think it's sneaky to say that a guy, you know, with 139 yards rushing is going to be in my lineup, but I don't think that the rankings are ranking him correctly. I think, you know, I'm seeing him as, like, a low-end RB3. I would have him as, like, a high-end RB3 And a guy that I'm trying to cram into my lineups. It's two games left in fantasy. Um, I like kind of riding that hot hand. And he's had over 52 yards rushing now for, for four straight games, including this outburst this past week. What are your thoughts on Tyler Algier this week?
1: Yeah, I think Algier has has a decent week this week. I'm I'm, I'm actually talking about him to, to, tonight on my podcast with Jody. Uh, he's going to be one of the players that we're discussing because of of the recent streak he's had, Patterson being a little banged up, um, and them probably wanting to just see what they have more inside the rookie as well as the season unwinds uh, for Atlanta. So I think that Algier has a pr- pretty uh, decent game. I'm about plus five versus ECR in rankings right now. I think his ECR was running back – um, 39, somewhere around there. And I can actually, let me just do a quick look real quick. Um, his ECR is actually, yeah, so he was uh, 39. I moved him up to 34. Uh, so I have him like right behind Brian Robinson and Cam Akers this week um, and, and ahead of Patterson and Zach Moss and Deion Jackson.
0: I have him head-to-head with a in a start sit with Hollywood Brown in a kind mm-hmm. of a bad situation where it's kind of like, Three weeks ago, I would have kind of laughed at myself for for this start-sit decision. Which way would you go with uh, Hollywood Brown um, uh, versus Tyler Algier this week? It's tough
1: because you have Tracy McSorley starting this week, it's a mess. Um, which is kind of a mess. Uh, usually, inexperienced quarterbacks lean on their wide receiver one uh, and just give him a chance to catch the ball it's going to be deandre hopkins uh they typically lean on the passing game and the running game as well uh in the slot and in in and, and the the flats um and anything across the middle of the field which is going to be the tight end uh, i'd probably say hollywood brown is going to be the sit in my opinion um based upon volume that algier has seen i know it's kind of ugly and and typically it goes against my philosophy that you know dave is kind of pounded in my head is is never start a part-time running back over a full-time receiver Um, but I think that in this scenario uh, it warrants at least um, a consideration
0: yeah it's a tough one either way Um, I feel like it's almost a you're you're almost playing the the higher floor because I think with McSorley that offense could just go completely south Um, and you know a guy like McSorley you know I would think that he's going to target uh, DeAndre Hopkins and the quality of the target's going to go down um, as well. So um, I don't want to have my my fantasy life uh, depending on on Trace McSorley in any way. And I think Tyler Algier, like you said, I think it's Atlanta would have a lot of goodwill to end the season well with Algier and London alongside Ritter, uh, maybe get a little bit of momentum uh, it, for next year. Um, wanted to wanted to kind of move on here to some polarizing ADPs. I know we're going to talk about our rankings for 2023, um, there's a few guys that I think kind of stood out to me that are kind of difficult to rank at this point. And it's also a little difficult for me to anticipate how the market's going to rank them. Because I think there's two things here, predicting, giving our own ranks, but then also kind of predicting the ADP to give you an idea of, of kind of where you're at versus the market, which guys you're going to have to reach for. It all kind of goes hand in hand. The one that really stands out to me the most right now and and where they're going to go in these early drafts is is Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is RB2 overall. Um, He's had an unbelievable year. I mean, it's just just wild. I mean, me and you saw drafts where he was going in the eighth round.
1: I passed Um, on the ninth in a couple.
0: (laughs) I mean, I think he was in some of those late drafts. He was just living in the eighth. I had a FFPC main event team where I, I stacked Raiders. And I didn't add Josh Jacobs. It was a it was a um, it was a Raider stack with with Renfro and Adams and, and Carr, And I felt pretty good about it. If I would have just gone Josh Jacobs there, that that team would have had a lot more life. Um, it's a wild situation because he's 25 years old um, and he's had a dominant season. We've seen his receiving ability uh, go up the last two seasons. I mean, there's less that used to be kind of the old take on him is he's he's uh, not a receiving back. That's kind of gone out the window. Um, he can win in different ways. How are? How do you anticipate the market values Josh Jacobs, and kind of where do you have him? I
1: think the market's going to overreact, uh, and and he's going to probably be in the tail end of of round one. I'd probably estimate somewhere between one point one zero and probably two point two around that area. Kind of that. Derrick Henry range where he was going at, at the at the tail end of the year. Um, I, I don't like it. I mean, he's seen seventy five percent of snaps, he's just been ran into the ground. It's one. He's going to be a free agent, so landing spot is going to determine his ADP. uh, If he lands somewhere, you know. Let's say
0: for this for for this case. Let's say he he returns to Josh McDaniels. He returns to the Las Vegas Raiders.
1: Yeah, I mean that might change things a little bit in terms of my my perception of him because if they're going to continue to use him on you know seventy five to eighty percent of the snaps and give him the ball thirty times a game. Um, I'd be a little bit more interested in him. I won't pass on him in the eighth anymore, but uh, uh, I'm not paying around one or around two for him just because – I don't think that he's going to see that type of volume next year because if they do re-sign him, now they have to protect their asset um, and they're not going to be giving him the ball that much because now they have injury to to be concerned about. Where like this year, it doesn't matter to them. like They can literally run him 30, 40 times a game and they can run him into the ground and it doesn't matter because they don't have him signed through next year. So if he tears his ACL or if he you know blows a knee or whatever it may be, then they're not going to be out that money next year. So um, it sounds cold, but the NFL is a business and, and if they are – um, you know, signing him to a long-term contract, they're going to have health in mind. And so I don't think he sees the amount of work next year if he returns to to, to Vegas.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, we talked about this the other night with, with Chris Seibel and, and Billy Wazowski, and they were a little bit more bullish on him as like a, a late second rounder just because of the potential volume. There's There is a lot of red flags. I think that you bring up, the most interesting point you brought up was if they commit to him with a contract, they're not going to treat him the same, Correct. which is kind of kind of like a like a almost like a contradiction. Like we're, we're paying you because you proved it. But now we want to, you know, have a little more return on our asset. Correct. Um, you could see a another back being added in there. Maybe Zamir White was never the guy because he never certainly couldn't crack in anything. I anticipated a lot more from Zamir White. Um, you just didn't see it. Amir Abdullah, you know, was interesting. But those two guys could easily be replaced with a with a more capable backup. This year, there's a ton of running backs that are going to get drafted on day two. Um, there's one that's going to get drafted on day one. But there's a lot that are going to get drafted on day two. Uh, there's also a massive free agent market, which could make some starters into backups. So I do think there's some red flags there. I, I would tend to agree with you. I think he's going to be a, a one-two turn guy on like early drafts. I wouldn't touch him there. Um, I would feel a lot more comfortable if he was a third-rounder. Um, I know that's that's just not going to happen, so I'm probably out as well. It reminds me a little bit of Debo last year, where it was kind of like a perfect storm in terms of what happened. Exactly. Um, and he gets overrated by the market, kind of an easy fade. Derrick Henry, similar situation, a lot more red flags in terms of age. Um, he's going to turn 29. He'll be 29 to start the season next year. Um, he's up to some – absurd amount of carries right now for his career but it, he has bounced back from injury to have this phenomenal season where would you have Derek Henry next year I, th- I think he was a guy that was faded by a lot of sharp players this year and he's definitely been a it's been sort of a sharp squeeze on, on Henry stock this year where will you be on him next year do you think he's going to have a little more value um if he falls slightly because of his age
1: Yeah, I still think that he'll continue to be in that one-two turn, uh, probably more into the second round next year, just because um, he's had some up and down campaigns this year. I he's got a lot of tread tires. You hit that right Uh, to date, one thousand six hundred and ninety-seven carries in his career in the NFL. Um, You know, he's 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 a big man though, so he can he can take the take the beating, but the age cliff is is fast approaching. I will still pass on him at the round one, two. Um, I typically uh, w- go towards more of the, the pass catching backs. And, and I know that um, he took on a little bit more of that role this year. I just don't think he does it enough to, to really uh, crack inside of a, of a PPR back for me and what I consider a PPR back. Um, and then I will continue to probably uh, lean on wide receivers early and often.
0: Yeah, me as well. Um, I just think I'll be, I'll be less apt to kind of auto auto fade Henry. I do think that like a year older as crazy as it sounds, um, I do think he might fall again in high stakes. I don't want to be without any Derrick Henry next year. I think he's like he's kind of proved that he's he's a mold breaker um and you know regression doesn't seem to uh, affect him as at nearly as much. I also think that it would be interesting next year if it's a Malik Willis team um if he's able to to take over the QB1 spot how that would affect uh Henry to be next to a Russian QB. So that's that's just a um that certainly might not happen. Yeah, but and I, I want to
1: clarify for people, when I say I fade an individual, I'm not I'm not not drafting them, right? I I will I will draft them if a value presents itself. Because there's always a point in a draft in which someone is draftable. I mean, look at the hard way draft where Austin I think got him at like the two nine, right?
0: Yeah, that, Austin fell on that grenade for everyone. Yeah you know, and it, I ended up doing great with it.
1: Yeah. So like it. In that aspect, like that's that's fine. Like I would take him there, of course, right? That's 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 a discount. You know, do I want to pay premium for him every time he's on the board? No, I don't. So I think that you approach drafts, you know, with an open mind and and, and a fluidity to where you're able to adjust on the fly. And if a value presents itself, that's when you want to scoop up the value and, and draft a player that you are quote unquote fading because now you've exposed yourself to a a different ADP and you might have an advantage on the field.
0: Yeah, don't hate the player, hate the ADP. Um, and I think that uh, Chad Schroeder has been kind of famous for this over the years. He he doesn't uh, he doesn't have a fade list, um, and he said he's be willing to draft a guy. You know, there's no guy that he's crossing off um, if they fall to a certain extent. And I think that to a certain extent, I, I try to draft that way. Um, I think that you you're better off um, be being willing to take you know one of these guys with. know at a sizable discount especially when you're playing in tournament play and i might have a guy you know 12 spots lower than consensus that that can make a big difference i want to give a quick shout out to the chat the chat is lit right now um i did not do a great job of getting to any questions but jessel jones jose pena harry snowman 1912 uh toronto dave uh jack colsheen um i mean we have we have a lot of people in the chat um hope you guys are joe carlton Hope you guys are having a, a happy holidays uh, season and really appreciate you turning in uh, for, for this uh, daytime show. Shout out to Kevin Wheeler. Um, maybe we'll, if we have time, we'll get to a couple questions later. want to keep this going. Cooper cup um, this year. You, you were famously on Stefan Diggs ahead of cup. That's, that's proven to be absolutely correct. Um, you know, you can take a lap, whether the injury or not, Stefan Diggs has been a tremendous pick. Um, next year, Cooper Cup is super interesting to me. He averaged 22 points per game this year before injury. Last year, he had the 26 point per game season. But we have tremendous red flags now with with the Los Angeles Rams. We don't know what's going on with Matthew Stafford. Um, we don't know what's necessarily going on with with Sean McVay. I think there's been some rumors he could he could take off. Uh, the team could be in a tailspin in terms of overall talent. I think you're already seeing it this year. And Cup will also be a year older and coming off of an injury. Where do you anticipate Cooper Cup settling in, and where will you be on Cooper Cup?
1: I still think Cooper Cup will be in the first round. Um, Stafford already said he's going to return. He, he, he stated it on his wife's podcast, so... Um, so that there's at least that
0: timeout billy billy is the second person chris Eibel also listens to the kelly stafford uh podcast. oh
1: i don't listen to it i just saw a news clip on it
0: <laughs> okay i was gonna say chris Eibel <laughs> for the record listens to the podcast the guys the guy goes deep into the weeds
1: no uh it was a it was like a blurb on that that stafford mentioned that he was not going to retire on on her podcast so um i saw that and i was like oh that's good news for cup um that being said i don't think mcveigh's gone next year I think he's got one more year in him. If the team has another down year, I could see him leaving. But, um, you know, that's what happens when you say F them picks and you trade away all your draft picks inside the NFL. It may work from a fantasy perspective. You got the Super
0: Bowl. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like a (laughs) dynasty team that sells off all their their future assets, but they get – the money that year. Yep, you know that's, that 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 kind of goodwill will 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 play with the fan base for a few years.
1: Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a rough couple of years, but uh, if they're able to hit on some late picks, they can they can make it up and and they can still spend money in free agency uh, as long as they have it, and then. Uh, I think that they still have some pieces. It's the offensive line, of course, that's the largest concern. Um, and, and we saw that with the running game, with the passing game. It affected the entire offense. Um, you know, that being said, they'll probably be playing from behind. They'll have to throw the ball. So I still think Cooper Cup is going to be heavily involved and still be a top-tier wide receiver. Uh, and and you look at this this injury, and it's not like he tore an ACL where it's going to take him, uh, you know, months of recovery, and it's going to affect his his ability to cut. So I think that um, this this injury in particular isn't going to uh, drastically affect his stock in twenty twenty
0: three. As a sneak preview, did he make your top twelve?
1: Um, yes, he will be in the top twelve.
0: He's in mine as well, just barely. Um, the other night I kept him out of the top twelve, and then I had I had a little buyer's remorse from that one. I'm sniding him in. So I'll just give you a head-to-head. Would you rather have Amon Ross St. Brown or Cooper Cup next year? Cooper Cup. Would you rather have CD Lamb or Cooper Cup? Cooper Cup. Okay, so you're he's he's right about that area. Um, Devonte Adams or Cooper Cup? Devonte Adams. Okay, so the, we're, we're kind of kind of seeing where not to not to ruin your your, your top twelve coming up coming it, up here. But it does um,
1: depend who's the quarterback in, in Vegas. Uh, if, if the if quarterback
0: it, if the quarterback is Baker Mayfield.
1: Yeah, I'd probably be out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to in that first round. Uh, quick shout out. Quick shout out to Joe Carlton, uh, also in the chat, and Ray Chung. A lot of a lot of high stakes players are, are tuning in for this one, and we appreciate you guys doing that. Pivoting over to the tight end position, with the question we asked the other night um, to Chris Eibel and Billy Wazowski, and then Dan and I also also took part in this. It's not on the show sheet, but who will be your tight end two next year? mark andrews was tight end one or tight end two in every draft this year and it's been a sizable gap now between him and travis kelsey kelsey's at about 20 points a game saw slightly lower because uh lately he hasn't been crushing but he's like nineteen nine. andrews is 13 something um it's a it's a huge gap but uh does andrews remain your tight end two drafted next year
1: yeah, I still think it's Andrews. You look at the games with Lamar Jackson, and he's significantly better uh, when they had health and when they also had a, a another receiver to pull some of that coverage. I think them losing Bateman um, was a big loss for this offense. Uh, overall, I still think Andrews is, is easily the number two. I'll gladly take the discount next year um, because I think we're going to see a discount. Um, but I think Hawkinson is probably in the discussion as well just based upon the volume that he's seen. Um, and his snap shares, his target counts, uh from coming to Minnesota. I mean, from day one he ran like ninety percent snaps, which is phenomenal. So I think that we're going to continue to see Hawkinson climb ADP boards as well. I would not be surprised to see him kind of in that waller range that he was going this year, that like round three, maybe slipping around four on some drafts. Um, but I would expect to see Hawkinson pretty high as well.
0: Yeah Hawkinson's interesting because he'll be acclimated with the team more. Kevin O'Connell in the offseason um you, you know, we're all I'm sure we're gonna have Justin Jefferson 101. Um, and then there's a chance that Adam Thielen's gone. So I think it could be if if KJ Osborne's operating as a number two wide receiver, I think him and Hawkinson could have similar target shares, if not Hawkinson with a higher one.
1: I'd say Hawkinson um, higher.
0: So I, I think that that's a that's a nice call with Hawkinson, still young. Um for me, Mark Andrews remains tight end two. Um, but I think that it could be like a, like a closer uh, second tier where it's Andrews kind of closer to like tight end three. I also am interested to see, you know, we talk about like recency bias, but, but I do think if George Kittle uh, rips off a, a few, you know, 20-point g- type games with Debo Samuel out, um, I think he could have a little bit of juice heading into next offseason. Um, where are you at on Kittle?
1: You know, they just underutilize Kittle. And I you know, I love my my forty my, niners, but it pisses me off how they don't utilize George Kittle, who I think is probably hands down the the number one tight end in terms of talent from an all around standpoint, not from fantasy perspective, but from just an NFL tight end standpoint. I mean blocking, route running, you name it, he can do it. And I just think that they use him too much in line as a as a blocker, even though he's phenomenal at it. Um, the only time they seem to really have him that involved in the game plan is when they are out weapons like Debo or, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's infuriating because I think he has the ability to be the tight end one in fantasy if they were to commit to him, but they just don't. Um, so that being said, we don't know who's going to be the quarterback next year. If Purdy takes his team to a super bowl, uh, I'm going to say he's the starting quarterback next year over Lance. Uh, Cause the kid looks good. I mean, his, his footwork has surprised me. He's, he's going through his progressions. He's getting to his third and his fourth reading games. Uh, he's shown the ability to scramble and extend plays, which, you know, Debo Samuel, um, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, but um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo would have been sacked during those times and, or he maybe leaned on Debo so much that he, uh, Definitely looked better than he was, where I think Purdy moves the ball down the field a little bit more. He's a game manager. It kind of reminds me of a – I hate to say it, but it kind of reminds me of a young Tom Brady in terms of how he holds himself and how he moves the ball down the field and just comes in and executes. Um, he's not super flashy. He's he's not out here you know, throwing Mahomes passes 50 yards down the field and, and, and dimes but he does enough to move the chains. He's in a system quarterback situation to where all he needs to do is get his playmakers the ball. And I think if he's able to continue to do that, I think he's a starting quarterback next year, which I think bodes well for Kittle because it seems to be that he, he, he looks Kittle's way a little bit more than, than Jimmy Garoppolo did or, or Trey Lance did in his one, you know, short start. So it, it's tough to say with George Kittle because there's so many variables. Um, but I'm gonna say he probably stays where he was last year. Kind of that he was that tier two for me, um, maybe even top of tier three in in tight end rankings. Uh, he was kind of on an island in his own in his own re- regard, I think, and and I think that's probably where he stays again.
0: Um, and the, yeah, I would I would agree with a lot of that. Um, I think if if they get to the Super Bowl with Purdy, I think they absolutely have to go with him. Um, and I do think that he. Just the way he plays, it would almost be a a fantasy benefit for Debo, Kittle, and certainly Christian McCaffrey on the dump-offs. Trey Lance would be a quarterback you'd be interested in drafting higher, obviously, than Purdy, but I don't think it really elevates any 49er except for Brandon Ayuk. So it would be better for fantasy-wise in terms of you're holding 49er shares for it to be a Brock Purdy, in my opinion, as crazy as it sounds. What What a meteoric rise for the kid. Just to be a seventh rounder to just make the team, let alone start games is is just wild. Um, you know I, I did not anticipate him playing this well. Uh, I'll take the l on that and uh, yeah, I think that they're they're definitely alive 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 uh, in the playoffs with with Purdy Under Center. One other tight end I want to get your opinion on is Kyle Pitts, who had I mean, we don't need need to talk about how high he went this year. It's a depressing thing. But especially for our FFPC um, listeners, you know, we saw Kyle Pitts in, in August and September being drafted in the end of the first round. He lived in the second round all summer long. Um, I know Dave Hubbard was was accurate when he, you know, said he was fading Pitts this year. A couple of players took that um, that position, but I know a lot of some of the sharpest players um, that I know in high stakes were were certainly taking Pitts. How do you anticipate the market is going to react to Kyle Pitts next year? Um, where he ends up kind of in the in the in the tight end pecking order, let alone of what round he's drafted in. Like, what tight end position do you see him settling in at?
1: I, I still think people will overdraft him. Uh, I think next year he probably has his best opportunity to give fantasy managers a return on their investment. Um, <clears throat> I didn't like Mariota for him, just because Mariota runs the ball and doesn't throw the ball that well, where Ritter, in my opinion, will throw the ball a little bit more um, and, and I think that we saw that last week with London right off the bat. So I think that you throw in pits in the mix, and I think that Ritter will probably get him the ball more frequently than Mariota. Uh, I think a lot of it will come down to, um, this offense, the coaching and, and, and what they're going to do moving forward, what they're going to change inside of their playbooks, and, and are they going to continue, um, down the same path? where are they going to make adjustments? Um, again, that's all off-season discussion. When I say variables that will affect ADP in the off-season, that's one of them. And I think that that's something that Atlanta will have to take a hard look at because what they did this year clearly didn't work. And they're going to have to make some adjustments next year. Um, I think that Pitt's probably in the same range as Kittle, quite frankly. Um, which would be, five-ish. Yeah, five, six-ish, which will probably be, um, in my opinion, about the right spot for ADP talent-wise, it shows that he has the ability to outbeat it. Situation is the concern, um, and it's kind of that same question mark that Kittle has. Like they both have the ability to be a top two, top three tight end, but uh, is the usage going to be there? And and I think that those are the questions that will leave them um, in drafts a little bit lower than than they potentially should be.
0: So certainly, like a, <clears throat> ahead of like the Pat Fryermuth tier, but below for you below, you know, Andrews, Hawkinson, somewhere in the, in that range.
1: Yeah, I think Kelsey is probably in his own tier. I think that you have Andrews um will kind of be a hybrid tier between uh him and Hawkinson. You could possibly throw Hawkinson in that same tier. Um and then from there you'll see uh probably Kittle, uh maybe Waller in that same tier again, uh depending upon what he does here down the stretch uh and the usage that they have and then probably Pitts in the tier below that quite frankly.
0: Um, so for moving on, just one general question, um, in terms of ADP is we've, we've discussed this with a number of, of high stakes players over the couple last couple of months is where do we anticipate the high end QBs being drafted next year? Um, I, I think we could be headed towards a return to earlier QB, especially for the elite assets. We saw the win rates for teams with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts this year, um, I mean, it was almost as easy as draft one of those guys and, and you have a chance of at least finishing in, in, as a, a team that's got a chance to, to dance in something like the FFPC main event. Where do you anticipate Mahomes and, and Allen will go? And then maybe we could touch on Hertz.
1: I think it'll vary by format, of course. Um, so NFFC,
0: not- I'll say NFFC, which is six-point passing touchdown. Um, Chris, Billy, Dan, and I kind of agreed that we think we'll see them in the second round.
1: I you probably see him in a few drafts in the second. I think that's probably a little rich, uh, based upon the positional players that you'll be able to get. I think the third round will probably be a little bit more frequent and probably locked into the fourth. Um, I think whether it's NFFC, FFPC, or FFWC, I do think we'll see a rise in ADP from all of the high end quarterbacks. Uh, where like Josh Allen was, you know, going early last year in round four, usually in round five, he was locked. Um sometimes you saw them go in round three if people were building stacks. Um, but I think round three is probably more realistic this next year for um the Allens and the Hertz. Um but I think that when I say it varies by format, I think it'll definitely vary by best ball. Best ball, I could see two and three being the situation. Redraft, I think three is more likely. Um, and possibly into four, um, just depending upon how the draft falls.
0: It'll be an interesting one when we have these early drafts. I'm sure we're going to be drafting the hard way uh, best ball shortly to see kind of like where these QBs go. Um, that'll be that'll be something that we talked about. And then also kind of where the next group of quarterbacks gets dragged up to. Is there a sizable gap in ADP or do you see like guys getting drafted kind of artificially higher um, like we've seen with the tight end position? It's definitely definitely something to look at in the offseason. Quick question from the chat before we get to the rankings. This person is named ETN Science and Many Things. (laughs) So I'm guessing he likes Travis ETN. Any science should any love science? Um, (laughs) do any of these wide receivers, uh, or any of these wide receivers should be starting over Rashad White and AJ Dillon in the flex? Uh, Marquise Goodwin, Chris Moore, Rashid, uh, Shashid.
1: Uh, I think that we need to see some more information on Alave before we can make up this call. If Alave and Landry are out, I think Rashid Shahid is the start.
0: Yeah, I have him in in, in a few leagues. I added him in a bunch of uh, – we still have Dynasty uh, waivers going, and I added him in a bunch of Dynasty leagues. Um, he, could, he could have a, a big role this week because he led the team in routes run last week. He had a touchdown over 90 yards, and if Olave misses, I mean, they pretty much um, – they pretty much stopped using Landry um, to the extent they were weeks ago, so it could be a, a lot of uh, sh- it could be Shashid's season as well as the holiday season this weekend.
1: Um, yeah, we saw him go for the big touchdown. He's like the perfect best ball candidate next year. I'm going to own so much of him. I already know, and he just fits the mold. He has the speed. He's he's on a, a team that's going to throw the ball. You know, probably be trailing. There's a lot of a lot of reasons to like Rashid Shahid next year for for best ball.
0: And Billy, can we say unequivocally that he's the best Weber State player in the, ever in the NFL? <laughs> I don't know. They got to know another Weber State player. <laughs> there you go. Shout out! Shout out! Shout out to da- Damian Lillard and Richie <laughs> Shashi. That's that's the two big Weber State guys. Um, so we're, we've we've hit. We're actually at uh, fifty, almost fifty minutes in here. Um, so why don't we just do FFPC top twelve?
1: Okay. we
0: prepared. It. We prepared too. So we could we could maybe add at the end of it. Um, you could add a couple guys who might crack your, your, if it was FFWC or NFFC guys, you might push up if you want to add those. Cool. Why don't we start with 12 and just go back, back and forth. Who is your 12th ranked guy?
1: Uh, 12th ranked player at FFPC is going to be, um, man, I was, I was, I was expecting to start at one.
0: I'll, I'll, we can go we can go one. It's a little anticlimactic to be self last, roast at our line. you know. But we can we can do it let's do it let's do it comfortably. So I'll start at one. Okay. My yeah. first my first guy is easy. It's Justin Jefferson. Just Justin,
1: Justin Jefferson hands down the consensus 101.
0: Okay, my two in FFPC is Stefan Diggs. I have him going 102. He's my wide receiver two.
1: Okay. I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey 102.
0: Okay. Number three for me will be Travis Kelsey. The tight end premium format pushes him way up. Um, I think there'll be a huge gap at tight end. I want to make sure I walk away with some Travis Kelsey. So for me, he's going to be three.
1: Yep. I like Kelsey at three as well.
0: Okay. Um, Four for me is Tyreek Hill. Had a smash season. I love what they're doing in Miami. Um, It's going to be hard for me to, to see him falling out of the top five.
1: Yeah. I have Jamar Chase at four, but Tyreek is five.
0: Okay. And then I have... Uh, Christian McCaffrey at five.
1: Okay. So we we're, we're we're very similar.
0: Yep. And then who'd you say was your five again? Five is Tyree. still for me. Yep. Okay, so so just to 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 clarify, we we're, we're pretty similar in the top five. For me, number six is Jamar Chase. He falls right below the the Hill Diggs uh group um just because the presence of T Higgins. Yep. So I and,
1: and I have digs at six so we just have a couple swapped.
0: Okay. Seven for me is Austin Eckler he, he could have been higher, but I think this seems about right for him.
1: Yep. Eckler for me is seven as well.
0: Eight for me is Devontae Adams. I anticipate year two in, in Las Vegas. I think he's going to have another another big season despite despite being a year older.
1: Uh, for me, it's going to be Barkley.
0: Okay. Um, I have Barkley, but I had him a little bit lower, so we're still pretty close. Nine for me is A.J. Brown. He's up to almost 18 points per game. It'll be year two with him in, in Philly. Um, it was hard for me to put him above some of the other wide receivers because I don't think he'll get those the overall amount of targets, but he's already shown that he can be a near 20 point per game guy. So I have him at number nine overall.
1: And I have Devontae Adams at nine.
0: Okay, so we're, we're pretty close here. Ten for me was Saquon Barkley. Um, he's my, my RB3, and I think he'll be a New York Giant again next year. Um, I feel pretty confident that that'll happen. Uh, so I feel pretty good about him being inside my top ten.
1: Um, uh, 10 for me is going to be, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown.
0: Okay. And then I had at 11, uh, Cooper cup. Um, I didn't want to put him in there, but I, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to do Cooper cup with an asterisk, but if it's Baker Mayfield, he won't be in my top, you know, 15.
1: Yeah. I misread my sheet. Sorry. I had Cooper cup and then Amon Ross St. Brown.
0: Okay. And then I had Amon Ross St. Brown at 12.
1: Okay. And 12, I have Andrews again.
0: Okay. So you do have Andrews sne- sneaking in there. Um,
1: yeah, I don't think he'll be locked there, but I, I think that it, it, he's going to go in that one-two turn still. I think a lot of it's going to depend upon Lamar Jackson, what happens at quarterback there. But if Jackson's back and everything's happy in Baltimore, I think Andrews will remain a top-12 pick.
0: And then the, the player that I considered putting into my my top-12 that I am I seem to be higher on than other people right now is CeeDee Lamb. Um, he's 16.5 points per game right now. Uh, he didn't quite have the smash season we wanted for him, but I think that the target share's been there and I believe in the talent. Um and I don't know if he's a guy who could get you up to uh, I don't think a 25 point per game season is in his wheelhouse like a Jefferson, but I do feel safe that he'll be like an 18 point a game guy next year.
1: Yeah, I for me the 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 French player would have been AJ Brown. I think another French player you could you could possibly discuss would be um someone who's going to be interesting and i'm really curious to see where adp lands next year i know it's not on the show sheet but it's tony pollard yeah um, i could see him shooting up boards going in the round two going around three kind of like the travis etn adp of last year anywhere from you know two to four kind of range um i think that people are going to be really high on tony pollard next year seeing you know what he's been able to do with larger role
0: yeah the um Chris Ebel brought him up as you know could be potentially his rb1 overall if Zeke is gone next year so i think there'll be some um it'll be super interesting to see kind of kind of what what happens there but you know we've seen his his smash games are i mean they're legendary at this point um so he's he's super interesting to me and then in terms of kind of another guy that i'm interested to see kind of where he ends up would be Jalen Waddell. Um, who I think will will he's not going to be in the in the first round but I do think he'll end up around like pick 18. I think the market will be pretty bullish on him.
1: Yeah, and I think Jacob's probably falls into that, you know, like I said, 11 to 2.2 range as well. Um and another interesting one that I'm, I'm it's going to, you know, be off-season offseason news to report but it's going to be Ramondre Stevenson because uh, we expect Harris to be gone and if Stevenson maintains the role that he has had uh, during the absence of Damian Harris uh, one could argue that he should be an early round two pick as well
0: quick defensive uh, question in the chat before we get out of here Um, what defense would you guys go with Uh, the Jaguars the Commanders the Browns or the Rams I think it's low-hanging fruit for me it's the Cleveland Browns We've seen them have two smash games out of their last three. They had the thirty-pointer against Houston last week. They held Baltimore to three points, and uh, this week they play the Saints. And the Saints have averaged twelve points a game their last three. So I think that's it. It's an easy game sometimes. Is there another defense you go with over over um, the Cleveland Browns this week, Billy? Or is that
1: no? The I think the Browns the chalk play.
0: Chalk play, guys, go with it. Billy, I really appreciate your time. Uh, let, you're going on with Jody. Uh, what night?
1: Uh, it'll be tonight at four o'clock my time, so seven o'clock Eastern. And we'll be talking uh, running back rankings, wide receiver rankings, and we'll do a couple tight ends tonight.
0: And Billy, you're eighth overall right now in the in the rankings for the season.
1: Second, actually. Oh,
0: where did I see this one? Okay, I was I was many? eighth.
1: I was seventh for the week last week. Um, it
0: was the week, okay. Yes. So Billy, right now is second. Uh, guys take a step back and think about that for a second billy last year was number one and right now is number two so this is two years of running pure as a ranker and no one else that's ranking um has has as much high stakes success as billy so he's he's crushing it on many levels um where when are your rankings going up billy for people to find them
1: um You talking like for redraft next year or for the weekly rankings? The weekly. Weekly rankings are on full-time fantasy. They get posted Thursday morning. Like I said, um, Thursday I only do the Thursday night game and and tweak players. And then I come through uh, tomorrow I'll have to do the major run because we have a day early this week. So tomorrow I'll go through and really really hit the rankings and move players around. Um, I hate to say it, but I don't post them live to fantasy pros. And then that updates the widget to the site until like right before kickoff because unfortunately people do copy rankings and they'll, they'll move their rankings depending upon where other players have them ranked. Um, so I don't like to give people, you know, the answers to my test per se. Um, and I don't post them until like the last three minutes. So I'll do like a preliminary upload and then I have like five or 10 players that I I have in um, spots that I know they're not going to be there once I actually final post. And then I move those five to ten players, and it significantly affects the rest of the ADP. So that's why I always tell people: reach out to me on Discord because it's not fully accurate until right before kickoff.
0: It's a cutthroat business, the uh, the stealing of rankings, guys. You gotta <laughs> you gotta watch out for, for for piracy in the rankings game, guys. It's um,
1: it's you, part of the game, man. People pe- people look at it and they 100%. say, "Oh, ECR is here. I'm going to move him here."
0: I mean you see you see copycat copycat drafts too um, all the time in the in the you know you'll start seeing a football guys and then you know Dave Hubbard will post a football you know you'll see a football guys that a Beeb or Dave did and then you know you'll see a couple very very similar ones so um a lot a lot of a lot of copycats in the in the uh, in fantasy football but uh it's awesome uh, Billy good luck to you we hope you finish number 1 in the rankings um two unbelievable job you're you're doing and I hope your team's run pure and you cash a lot of tickets uh we have two more weeks. Hope everybody tuning in. Your teams do great. Um happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's. Happy holidays everybody. Um really appreciate you tuning in. Um Billy thanks again for your time.
1: Thanks for having me, Theo. Happy holidays everybody.
0: Take care.